Hi. Hello. Welcome to It's a Shame. This is our podcast. It's about shame. And other things. Yeah. Shame and then all the other things that branch off from shame, Mm -hmm. which is everything. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. There's nothing that you really can't loop into shame. And we are learning that episode by episode. Exactly. I was just going to say we're trying to prove that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) One episode episode at a time. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. We want to get rid of shame. We are... uh, Pals, we live in San Diego. Um, mm-hmm. I'm Danielle Nelson. I'm Lily Rogers. And uh, podcast came to be when we started talking about uh, the things we were ashamed of and things we felt shameful for. And then we started feeling better the more we talked about it. And we thought, well, why aren't we talking about this stuff? Exactly. In, in general, as a society, there's just stuff that we feel like shouldn't be kept under wraps all the time. So we're not wrapping it up. We're unwrapping it <laughs> one episode at a time. And we're wrapping about it while we unwrap it. Oh so God, can that. you imagine? We have a new segment. It's our wrap section. It's our wrap section. <laughs> Keeping it out of wraps. Um, no, that's not happening. No, never going to happen. <laughs> no. I know my strengths and I know my weaknesses. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'd like to think I do anyway. I got to stay in, in the lane of not being a rapper. Yeah. Uh, yep, that's a good life goal. Uh, well, welcome. If you're joining us for the first time, we're super glad you found us. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're a regular, welcome back. Yes. We, uh, happy we, to have you again. We always appreciate your listening. Yes, thank you for your patronage. Mm-hmm. And um, your time. <laughs> thank you for your time, <laughs> your consideration. <laughs> um, yeah, so we are... Uh, podcasting today it is very warm in san diego yeah which you know i say that but we have better weather than most yeah that's true i think that we just get very used to a certain temperature and when it deviates from that it's either freezing cold suddenly at you know like 65 degrees or Uh boiling hot when it goes over 75 so yeah (laughs) that's the thing about living in a place where the climate is usually between like it's in the 70s like anything in the 70s I'm like this is baseline Mm -hmm. gets into the 80s low 80s and I'm like oh it's a little hot you know like oh you better turn on the attic fan high 80s is like Jesus Christ and then (laughs) 90s is like should we be staying in a hotel yeah because a lot of you know the houses in San Diego didn't have air central air just because you know climate change yeah and it used to not get this hot so and all of the older houses that we live in don't have insulation or like you know double paned windows so it's just whatever temperature it is outside it's that but with stagnant air inside totally so sometimes (laughs) even hotter yeah exactly did you come to this podcast to listen to us complain? Well, you are in for a treat because About we've got a lot to say. No. <laughs> um, no, so yeah, it's a little warm here, but that's good. You know, we are quarantining in summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're quarantining through the seasons, as we all are. Through the seasons, which we didn't expect to happen. No, you know, I mean, golly, I thought... You know, and I, I, I think now my mind is just like, just don't ever imagine that your life is anything but this and you'll just be okay yeah I have to do that a lot yeah yeah like I start kind of like making mental plans and then I'm like no and then sometimes it still gets me that it's going on like today uh Jamie and I went to grab a bite to eat and we didn't want to cook and so we've been trying to kind of like try out restaurants that we feel like we feel safe eating there socially distanced most aren't opening until noon They were packed. It was a whole thing. We needed to go to Trader Joe's. I forgot about how when you go to Trader Joe's, it takes hours sometimes Mm -hmm. because you have to wait in line Mm -hmm. and only so many people can be, you know, and I forget that kind of stuff because when I got up, I thought, okay, yeah, let's just go here, 
scrap a fight and then we'll run to Trader Joe's, we'll be back home. No. No. The world doesn't operate that way. And it's Mm -mm. like sometimes I forget. Yeah. I mean, we went, we ran a bunch of errands yesterday and it was weird because, yeah, just sort of being out and about in the world that I'm not normally. And we we ate at Shake Shack. Mm-mm-mm-mm. So, cause, because the one in Little Italy, it has like that outdoor patio. Uh-huh. And so you like order outside. They had a register set up. I mean, it was like very, like they were on top of it. Um, but yeah, it was just so weird to like sit down and eat at a table. Right? It was so like. And to be served. Yeah. And then to see people. Yeah. And just be like out in the world. I mean, that was unfortunate because I was like, oh, my tolerance for people has gone way down. It wasn't high to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it has gone way down. Like the family in front of me, I was so frustrated because like we had been in line for quite a while and then they get to the register and then they decide what they like want that drives me crazy and she was like okay so what would you like to order and they were like oh oh like shocked where did you think that you were for the last 20 minutes right and and she's like okay well there's the menu on the window right there and then and they had kids with them so then there's kids deciding what they want to eat and then this one kid like was trying to order his burger you wanted it really plain and then she was just like are you sure you don't want anything on it like lettuce or anything and he was like no and he was waffling and then finally he decided he wanted tomato and meanwhile i was just standing there like (laughs) we're going to kill all of you and then I get to the register and I was like okay I want two burgers two fries and a shake and she's like wow you're prepared and I was like well I've been because I've been in line for 200 hours and then also that's what you do that's what you do (laughs) like you You come come ready to the register yeah so I was just like oh get me home it's worse when I'm hungry too. Yeah, I know. When, I was super hungry. Yeah, so I had the hanger. when I'm when I'm when I've got the hanger. Oh, get get out of my way. Make decisions quick, etc. Yeah. Well, and it was also because like there were so many people out in Little Italy, and mm-hmm. so I also haven't been around like a lot of traffic or uh, figuring out where to park and all of that stuff. It was just super like stressful and heightened because yes, we were hungry, but also it was just like I'm not used to like navigating around people anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Yeah, I it's it's nice to go out, but it's also like the world isn't ready to live this way. Like I think like people aren't as patient as they mm-hmm. used to be Me included. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone. I think like we we all have very short fuses right now. I think just because of the circumstances that we're living in. And yeah. I mean that in every sense of the word, whether it's quarantine or it's the emotional burden of quarantine or it's the fact that maybe you looked at the news this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it, whatever, it, you know what I mean? Like, our bandwidths just aren't what they used to be. Yeah, absolutely. Well, on that note, should we get into brand new information? Yes, let's. <laughs> okay. Do you want to go first? Um, you go first because I feel like you always have really like solid brand new information and mine is like anecdotal, Uh you know, like I feel like yours are like fun facts (laughs) and then my brand new information is like a story. (laughs) I like that. I like that. I think it's good. But yeah. All right. Um, I, I, my brand new information is actually just fun facts. Um, again, uh, because I have been thinking a lot this week and last week about Kamala Harris. Yes. Um, because I mean I love her. I think that she's an amazing person, but I don't I haven't really like taken a deep dive mm-hmm. into like who she is or, you know, what she's about. Um so I'm trying to do a little bit more of that. So but then I just found some like interesting facts about her and I was like I really I really like these and I like her and I awesome. it made me just like like her so much more. Sweet. Um, 
Yeah, I think she's just, like, a really well-rounded person, and her upbringing sounds really interesting. Like, so her mom sounds amazing also. So, like, um, I guess she was raised in both a Black Baptist church and a Hindu temple, mm. which I find really fascinating. That's like, a very interesting division Two religions. Yeah. yeah, but I think that, like, it must be, it must have informed her in such a way to be, like, kind of being able to see, like, two sides of something or see the world as, like, way more, like, big and diverse and, you know, yeah. I, because a lot of the time when you're raised, like, in one religion as a child, like, that forms so much of your worldview. Sure. And so to be able to have kind of, like, the dichotomy of that and then also I think her mom uh, said something about, you know, uh, religions that worship goddesses like, mm-hmm. make for really strong women. And mm-hmm. so the Hindu side of that, yeah. I think, is really fascinating. And so her mother is Indian, and but she was raising black daughters. Uh-huh. And so there's also a lot of stories about how she was, like, determined to make sure that they would grow up to be proud black women. Yeah. And, like, so there was that black Baptist side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just, like, I think that that's so powerful. And it just goes to show, like, how much, like letting people be their full self mm-hmm. and and making a strong foundation for that leads to success because look at the phenomenal right. phenomenal success of this woman and how intelligent she is and how like powerful she is and yeah. I just think that that's so fascinating um and then I guess like she went to India as a child and her grandparents seem really fascinating too like he uh her grandfather was like some sort of high-ranking official and then um like, fighting for Indian independence. Mm-hmm. And then her grandmother was an activist, and she traveled the country teaching impoverished women about birth control. I'm like, these people just sound That's amazing. so amazing. Yeah. And, like, and also, what an interesting, like, divergence of culture to have in your own house, that those right. two people are married. I mean, because the Baptist church is not often thought of as the most progressive, for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. And then to have this other side of your family that sounds like it's kind of progressive Hindu mm-hmm. pro-choice. I mean, you know, at least in terms of birth control, like that's right. just awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm like, this. it just makes a lot of sense. The more like you read about like her upbringing and her past and, um, that she would end up being the success that she is. And yeah. Yeah. And, and confident, like she has just like this deep confidence. And I think you can see how her, upbringing sort of informed that mm-hmm. and yeah. she was like allowed to like own that and yeah yeah she just had good examples as that's so grandparents awesome. and parents do yeah so those are some of my fun facts about her I was it was really fun reading about her I'm going to continue to do so um you know because I want to read more obviously about her political life and mm-hmm. you know her life as a prosecutor and yeah um you know some of the choices and decisions she's made but yeah just as a person she seems and then also, really cutely, because I love Chuck Taylors, she collects them. Oh, really? And they're, like, her travel shoe. <laughs> and so oh, she has, really like, this cute. huge collection of Chuck Taylors. And I was like, I like you, Kamala. <laughs> yeah. She seems like a really cool person. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Genuinely cool, too. Yeah. Which, like, Biden needs, because he's genuinely the most Not vanilla cool. <laughs> thing that I've ever seen. Yeah. So, He's yeah. your bumbling uncle. And, yeah, uh, that you're yeah. like, maybe be quiet. Like, maybe just stick to the talking points. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Cause I don't know a ton about her. Um, but yeah, that's really cool. I yeah. have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Is she? Do you know if she's from California? Yeah, she was born in Oakland, I believe. Oh wow! Yeah, she like lived in Oakland and Berkeley, I think. Maybe not Berkeley. I could be getting that wrong. But yeah, so she born and raised California, which is also kind of a fun thing for us Californians to be like, ooh, represented. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the last guy was a real piece of shit. Who oh, was in the yikes. Huh? <laughs> yeah, the last several were really, but um, regardless of where they were from. Mm. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's good brand new information. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm going to continue to, I don't know, research her a little bit more. It's been fun. You know, um, brand new, and speaking of brand new information, I've got a couple brand new informations floating around in my head. Mm -hmm. I always do. (laughs) Um, this, the first one is related to speaking of Kamala. Um, if you like... Lily and I are beyond stressed out, disappointed, heartbroken, losing sleep about what's going on with the Postal Service, mm-hmm. and you're worried about your vote not counting. One option is that you should be able to drop your vote off at the Registrar of Voters that is local to you and your community. Um, you can easily Google that information um, and find your Registrar of Voters. Maybe mm-hmm. communicate that to your friends, family, um, if you do live in the United States and you are going, you plan to vote in the election and you're worried about the security of your vote, that's one way um, to kind of surpass the, the mail system, assuming you have the wherewithal to do so. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's just an option. Yeah. Uh, I know. I need to actually look up where ours is. Me too. I know <laughs> but, I haven't done it yet. I yeah. still have the little information pamphlets they sent to us. We haven't even opened them about, like, what we need to be doing. But yeah. Maybe I'll do that today. I know. It's super, super stressful that to think that, yeah, we, our votes won't even be counted. Yeah. So. I know. It's it's really, it's dismal, and it just feels... Like a crumbling democracy? Sure does. <laughs> yeah. Sure took the like, words right out of my mouth. <laughs> well, like what everybody said was going to happen if Trump got elected, and yeah. everybody, um, you know, s- some people didn't believe it, that, yeah, you actually can topple over this democracy that you so hold fast. so dear. Real fast. Yeah. It's amazing. In less than four years. So crazy. Yeah. Seems, yeah. Yeah, that's a whole different podcast. But um, <laughs> I was just getting ready to really go on one. Um, but yeah, so um, that's one way to ensure that your vote counts if you're worried about the security of your vote. Mm-hmm. Um, some other brand new information. I'm tied between if I do like a personal anecdote or like something I've been watching that is fun. Why not both? Um, okay, I'll try to be brief, which is <laughs> which I'm never good at. Um, okay, the of us are good at that. <laughs> That's why we have the most rambling podcast. Uh-huh. Um, okay, so brand new information about anecdote. Um, the sea, it's hot here, as I've mentioned, mm. uh, and the ceiling fan above uh, at, uh, the dining room table in my house uh, went out. It was one of those things where you go to pull the cord cord snaps inside of the mechanism it's been broken for a while and it's been very hot um since we're working from home dining room is often a place where we we work um so i found some youtube tutorials that talked me through exactly what i needed to do youtube it it was amazing (laughs) i turned off the circuit breaker on the side of the house i took apart the lamp like i just i i i was amazing i really was amazing i was my best (laughs) self i got my little step ladder Went to town. I had all the right tools. 
Um, went to Home Depot, got the part that I need. Turned out it was the wrong part. Ordered another part on Amazon because <laughs> I refused to leave the house. Um, and so, yeah, I was able to fix the ceiling fan. Uh, and, I'm very grateful for that at this yeah, moment. Yeah, because we're podcasting right under <laughs> we're it. We're sitting underneath it right now. It feels really good. Mm-hmm. And it felt really good to do something, especially in a time where you feel like nothing is in your control. Yeah. I, I've noticed that when I do things for myself that are beneficial and like I'm using my hands and like I am I improve something mm-hmm. it's so meaningful and it's so fulfilling and I'm like it's just that I had control over that right. and I fixed that and I don't really get to do that very much in my life right now totally so my encouragement to you would be if you've got like a small house project something simple that maybe you're waiting on your landlord to get around to or whatever the case may be, um, watch some YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. That's what I did first. I sussed out the situation to see if it was something, you know, I thought I could do on my own. And, um, yeah, and it felt really good. And I've I've been waiting on my landlord for this for a while, and I felt really, really gratified when it was done. It feels empowering to, yeah, like, do it yourself, too. Yeah, 100%. You're like, hey, I I can fix problems that I didn't think that I could fix. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know... you can fix and do things regardless of your gender, your age, whatever. And the reason I say that is because, you know, it was really funny to me. I love do-it-yourself projects. Like, mm-hmm. I've got a couple in the works right now. And my husband doesn't. Like, he doesn't like to fix things. He will openly be the person he jokes. He's like, I know how to do zero things. And, throw money at the problem. And he wants to throw money at the problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> You've met him. Um, <laughs> He's always just like, time is money. Why would we waste hours on this, et cetera? Mm-hmm. And I was like, raised now, so we did everything, you know, like we we had to. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's funny. He was working, and he repositioned and moved away from the dining room, and the people on his work call were like, oh, where are you? And he's like, oh, I'm just in a different part of the house. Like, mm-hmm. dining room fan broke, and my wife is fixing it. And they were like, dude, your wife is fixing it? <laughs> like, what the hell? You're, like, the lamest. He's like, no, like, I don't fix things. And she's, like, a wizard and loves doing it. Yeah. Like, and, I'm like, that's so funny that and people, people were just still like, have that gendered thinking. Totally. And they're like, you're making your wife do it? And he's like, I'm not making her. Like, she <laughs> loves this shit. Like, she's more inclined to this stuff. Yeah. I mean, he's the type, like, if I'm, like, ugh, I'm so tired of the fan being broken, he'll be like, let's, let's call that handyman guy like Mm -hmm. and I'm like well what if I could do it on my you know like that's the dynamic it's really funny that like why is your wife fixing that that's funny I mean I think that with the rise of YouTube it's it's helped a lot of people in a lot of ways but that is one of the best things is that you can figure out how to fix anything. anything um I was watching some videos the other day and actually two of the people who I follow on YouTube simultaneously but not they didn't know that each other were doing this, learned how to solve Rubik's Cubes. Oh. Um, which also sounds like a fun COVID project because it's just like... Yeah. Way to keep your hands busy. Because we're watching so much TV and, like, in our house mm-hmm. so much. And, like, I like to be busy when I'm doing that because otherwise I just feel like I'm just uh, turning into the couch. So I, my whole thing is paint by numbers right now. But I think that solving a Rubik's Cube would be really a cool thing to do and, like, totally. what a sense of accomplishment. I don't yeah. know why, but at the same time... It would feel really great. Yeah, 100%. Um, oh, Penny. So we, uh, we're podcasting from my house again. I don't know if the dogs give it away. Um, that is my chihuahua, Penny. <laughs> I also have a terrier who is very quiet, unlike Penny. She's got things to say. She has things to say. Maybe she, she wants to learn how to solve a Rubik's Cube. Maybe that's what's going on. <laughs> She's just like 
I'm, I hear you guys talking about Rubik's cubes, ceiling fans, <laughs> YouTube videos. No one is bothered to ask me. Got things to say about this. Yes. Thank you. She's got things to say about the fact that the mailman may be like within a block or two oh, radius. She senses the she mailman. She might have heard the car, FedEx, <laughs> UPS, all her favorites. Um, but anyway, so the, I guess that they were following. It's funny because this is getting really meta. These people who I follow on YouTube were following someone on YouTube who, uh, I think it's like a Wired video, like Wired magazine. Uh-huh. Um, I think that there's some guy on there who sh- like has an instructional video on like how to learn it. And then their whole thing is like, okay, after we learned it, seeing how fast we could get. And they're like oh, yeah. going from like over three minutes to like under two minutes just by like muscle memory and just doing it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I kind of want to do this now. It well, sounds you know, like a fun challenge. It's a fun transition into what my second brand new information was going to oh, be excellent. because on Love on the Spectrum, oh. um, which you watched, oh, I and I saw so Karen Kilgariff and Julie Klausner both tweeted about it, and I was like, you know, let me say, I watched it so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, I burned through it really fast. I loved it so much. It, I laughed, mm-hmm. like laughed. I cried. Mm-hmm. It was the reason I said Rubik's Cube is it, Rubik's Cube reminded me is because there's a character mm-hmm. who does uh, Rubik's cubes at like a speed that is just mind-boggling. It's insane. Uh-huh. But but anyway, it was just lovely to be in these people's lives and mm-hmm. to kind of have the privilege to like see that world with the kind of intimacy that the filmmakers totally. gave you. Like totally. it was, and also for them to be vulnerable enough to share the, like which is hard for anyone the challenges of dating yeah. and loneliness and intimacy and all of those things but to see it through the lens of um someone who's living you know um on the spectrum yeah I know I loved it too I thought that um one of the things that I liked the most about it because like that could so easily be exploitative 100 like, percent that's a it's a real fine line and I was very nervous when I started to watch it because of that and I was like I just don't want to be like a gross voyeur like Mm -hmm. and I I think that the people who made that show did such a phenomenal job such a phenomenal job and they were so respectful and and the people yeah the people they chose were so likable Mm -hmm. and so they're so open so open and so stereotype busting yes you know like so many times they're like you don't look like you're autistic and like they're like well what What does does an autistic person look like (laughs) yeah um I, I will say I will say that if I weren't married and I met Michael, <laughs> I I don't know. I, he's I feel so great. He's so funny. <laughs> I laughed harder than I've maybe laughed in months, and not in a laughing at him kind of way, like laughing because like he's charmed. genuinely funny. <laughs> I was so charmed mm-hmm. that like if I had been on the date with him, this might have like sealed the deal mm-hmm. for like a, a hard second date. Mm-hmm. As he, they're talking, he's on the date and he talks about the ages, and she says, "Oh, I'm 23 or." Whatever. And he says, oh, that means you were born in 97, the year Men in Black came out. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. Men um, in Black of all things. Of, like, that point of reference. And it was just so, like, lovely and yeah. random. Yeah. And it gave you such an insight into his mind. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Oh, and his I, way of speaking, just his mm-hmm. way. Uh, I loved it. I yeah. Loved it. I, I did, too. I think... and. It was really interesting, too, because, you know, obviously they call it a spectrum for a reason, but it was really interesting to see kind of, like, how it manifests in different people. Yeah. And I had no idea, and um, and I find it 
fascinating that women get diagnosed so much later because yeah. they because the way that they diagnose is just based on what they know about men who have it the or criteria, boys who have it. Right. And it's so they were judging all the like young girls and they're like, well, it doesn't manifest or it doesn't look like what it looks like in boys. So it mm-hmm. must not, you're, that's not a thing. Yeah. She's just troubled or whatever, yeah. Yeah. you know? And so that a lot of women don't get diagnosed until much later in their life because of that. And I'm like, yet again, an example where the medical. Yeah. It's, it's way far behind. Community. Yeah. The norm is male. Yep. Female is Always. either. And mm-hmm. as a result, women's health suffers. And women's health suffers. Yeah, it, I, I also didn't know that, and I thought that was interesting. But yeah. if you're looking for something... Um, oh, and just another quick fact to throw out um, while we're on the topic of the spectrum. Spectrum means that everyone's on it. Yeah. And that means, like, I'm on it, and you're on it, and you, dear listener, are on it. <laughs> and it's varying degrees, because mm-hmm. we've all got quirks. Like, And with most things that you diagnose, like OCD or borderline personality disorder or even like bipolar like we've all got a touch of those things Mm -hmm. every one of us does it's just it becomes diagnosable and then you want to maybe look at treating it if it interferes with your daily life Mm -hmm. if you start finding interruptions Mm -hmm. so like in terms of this stigma around autism like we've all got a little bit oh my god yeah. And there's a reason, like, when I start when I start watching it and start thinking about it, I'm like, you know, these ASMR videos are like, that's in all of us, though. That, mm-hmm. like, need for, like, sound soothing mm-hmm. and, like, I, you know. Yep. <laughs> and I, it's it's really interesting to me because I'm like, this is a, a thing that's very stigmatized, but mm-hmm. everyone to some degree. Oh, absolutely. I mean, th- so the three things, listening to or watching Douglas, the Hannah Gadsby, which I've talked about already, and then now... Love on the Spectrum, and then this show called Atypical, where the main character um, is on the spectrum. I identified so strongly with so many mm-hmm. of the things, and I was just like, hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. We, we all have touches of it in, like, two varying degrees. Yeah. But, like, there were so many things where I was like, yeah, I, I definitely have that. Like, yes, I relate to that. Like, you know, definitely with sounds. And mm-hmm. getting overwhelmed in crowds mm-hmm. and um, a lot of the, like, soothing sound stuff mm-hmm. and counting. I do a lot of counting. Mm-hmm. Like, I notice when I get, like, anxious or stressed out or something's taking too long and I need to find my patients, mm-hmm. um, which uh, is actually a good transition into today's topic. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to, like, count it out sometimes. Yeah. When I'm starting to feel, like, bubbling yeah. annoyance over, like things taking too long when your coping is impaired i mean that's when those things are going to come out i mean the, that's usually when people start to realize that they have anxiety or they have depression or they have ocd is like when you're stressed like because mm-hmm. you're like that's you're reliant on a method of coping that's counting or maybe like you hear the bad sound or the sound that you didn't know is triggering and then that causes a behavior in you mm-hmm. and like it's stress it's the stress and like yeah Totally. So, it, which is a good transition yeah. for our topic today. <laughs> yes, which uh, today we're going to be talking about sort of the shame you feel about your rage and anger mm-hmm. and and how it manifests or how you bottle it up, mm-hmm. um, both of those things. And I think it's an especially relevant topic in these days because we're feeling way more of it than, yeah. or at least I am, yeah, <laughs> than no, you're right. I ever have before. And, you know, I kind of, I lean toward anger and Uh rage and so now these days it's just it's going places yeah it's it's interesting too because like 
it's funny how what you're taught about anger means for how you how you deal with anger the rest of your life like Mm -hmm. the messaging that you receive as a child Mm -hmm. when you behave a certain way I mean it's no different than the messaging um that you might receive about crying or about Mm -hmm. sadness or about like how you're taught about to feel about a certain emotion what how it's dealt with in your house and you know I've noticed that culturally men are, are much much more um encouraged even to Mm -hmm. feel anger or to feel rage like it's like jet fuel for men like if you're pissed off channel it like Mm -hmm. you know and and that again like plays such a huge role I think in toxic masculinity like just the kind of encouragement of not moderating rage and anger right um but women I mean very often aren't allowed to feel it and then and then you're shamed for it yep like, if I were to be angry, then I might be told, like, you're jealous and that's an ugly thing to be. Or you're unreasonable. You're unreasonable. Like, it's not justified ever. There's a Southern phrase that my mom used to use a lot for anger. And she would say, like, that's ugly. Don't be ugly. Hmm. Yeah. And, like, um, that's just, like, a – it's weird. Hmm. Leslie Jordan, when he – I was watching one of his videos and he said, like, and she was real ugly to me. say that to us when there were behaviors that were like don't, that's ugly don't be mm-hmm. you know but it was like and and there was a fine line between also like a child tantruming and like right. learning what anger is right. you know well and I think it's interesting because for me I would look at ugly behavior as something that's hateful and mm-hmm. anger and rage isn't always hateful no no it's, it's not it's I think that those need to that needs to be a distinction too because it's it's not that I mean, they're very closely intertwined, I would say, but they're not the same feeling. Mm -hmm. It's not the same emotion. Yeah. So when you have anger about something, like, I think that it needs to be expressed and worked out. And I feel like we don't have a lot of ways because of that whole, like... Yeah. And also calm down. Don't be unreasonable. Right. And that was the whole thing. I think the messaging that... I, I grew up with, and I think a lot of women that I knew grew up with was you get angry, you start to yell, and it's like you're being hysterical, mm-hmm. calm down. Mm-hmm. Or, like your brain isn't working correctly. Yeah. Like, or just to, like, throw a, throw a fit. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I said. Like, do not throw a fit over this. Uh-huh. And, and, and a lot of it is about emotional regulation Mm -hmm. but I mean you're not really taught about emotional regulation you're just told stop doing this right it's like nobody ever sits down and is like hey the reason I'm asking you not to yell and bang on things is because it scares your sister or because like it's it's kind of violent and like and it scares us and we don't Mm -hmm. want to be scared we want to understand why you're upset or you know what I mean like but no one ever there's not a lot of reasoning right out exactly yeah I, I I do wonder all the time why people don't try to reason with children more often. I'm like, I don't think that kids are unreasonable, but mm-hmm. you you just don't trust them to have, like, that ability. And so instead of saying, like, hey, like, let's look at why you're doing this. Right. And here's what I might think about why you're doing this. What do you think? It's much more just like, yes, stop doing this. It's not okay. And yeah. And then that makes you more angry, right? Like, I remember getting punished for having fits. Like, if I had, oh, yeah. if I threw a fit in public, especially. That was just not allowed. No. You would go, you would get home and get spanked. Like, it we was We would leave like, the store promptly. Oh, exactly. It got shut down so fast. 100%. If we acted out at all, it was like, we are leaving and we are going home and you are getting punished. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, you know, I mean, 
in some ways, I think that there needs to be more parenting sometimes because you see kids just get away with murder in public and you're like, that's terrible. But at the same time, like being able to sort of, I don't know, we need to find better tools to talk about and deal with anger when it happens or, yes, you know, fits when they happen. Because a lot of time there's obviously an underlying reason. Yeah. And getting to that reason helps resolve it. But I don't think that you should ever try to cure anger. Yeah. Because I think it's a healthy emotion if yeah. handled properly. Yeah. I think if you can arrive at, it's hard too, because anger is, it's, it's, it can be contagious. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the other thing is it's it's scary and yeah. it's triggering for yeah. a lot of people. Yeah, that's true. Um, because sometimes if they have a history of trauma or domestic abuse, mm-hmm. a loud voice, banging on things, like we, I, I've never, I haven't really been in um, a, a domestic violence situation per se, but since I was a little kid, when people bang on things when they're angry, like slam on the table for emphasis or mm-hmm. like I get I get scared. Like mm-hmm. I don't know why. Like I don't I just get fearful and like Jamie and I have talked about it because like on the rare occasion we do argue and like he'll just like hit his hand on something for emphasis while we're arguing. Like mm-hmm. it's fine, but I always it always startles me. Mm-hmm. And I mean he's I, I would never think he would ever hurt me. I'm not afraid of him in any way. Right. It should be the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I don't really believe that in a relationship anyone should fear their partner. But no. but I but do you know what I mean? Like yeah. then he gets to be justified in his anger, but male anger scares the shit out yeah. of me. Yeah. Male it anger scares, scares the shit me out of so me too. Much. It scares me too. Definitely. I mean I think that that's something that's, yeah, like the the differences between like male anger and female anger, I guess, like, yeah, female anger scares me less for sure. Yeah. I mean, when I see it. What it, do you think? Yeah. I was just going to say, what do you think when you like think of some female anger moments and like, what, what do you typically think when you see an angry woman? That's a good question. Um, it's funny because, like, my, the first thing that's coming to mind for me is, like, I'm so, like, if it's, if it's like, a plot point in a film, uh-huh. I am normally so quick to jump on board. Uh-huh. Like, it's just, like, it's almost, like, projection yeah, for yeah, me yeah, where yeah. I'm, like, she's fucking fed up. And I'm just, like, oh, but yeah, it's me. Totally. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. Like, uh, yes. fictionalized and like displayed rage and uh-huh, media of a woman uh-huh. I'm usually like like, like we've talked about always. this you and I yeah. like love female revenge movies love it love it Kill Bill is the best the best and she know is it almost by heart like I love so angry and yeah. so full of rage and really takes it out <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I love that stuff I do too yeah that's so true because like if, if that character were a man I would not have the same feeling about it. I well, would. I mean, that movie's been done so many times with a man who goes it's out true. to kill a yeah. bunch of other men that he's like, I'm going to get mine. Yeah. You know? But, yeah, like, yeah. this is a woman who's going out mostly to, like, get her vengeance against other women who did her wrong. Yeah. 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 I mean, I guess that's true. Like, I do if I see a lot of the time when I I project, I guess, if I see a woman being angry, I think has something to do with a man a lot of the time same thing yeah and i know that's why my immediate reaction is like she's fed up yeah you totally and i'm like well 
am I fed up? And it's like, probably since like 11 years old, (laughs) you know, like, I mean, (laughs) yeah. Um, But yeah, no, when I see, and I'm trying to think about like in my life when I see like an angry woman, it's hard because if, if a woman is angry and I'm thinking about in a professional sense, I've worked for women who have been angry and unreasonable and it has always been a challenge for me when colleagues do the, she needs to fucking chill out. Like, mm. God damn, like what's going on with her? Is it hormonal or like, uh-huh. you know, like it's so hard because there's a part of me that wants to like join in. But then when it's a woman, mm-hmm. I feel this like need not to defend, but to be like mindful of like my categorization of the anger. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Because totally. I don't, cause I don't want to be dismissive. Right. Yeah. I know. Well, that's interesting, too. Like, anger in the workplace. Like, oof, I've got a lot of it these days. Um, (laughs) But it does feel... I feel unsafe vocalizing the stuff that I get angry about, except with, like, few colleagues who are also friends. Mm -hmm. Um, And by unsafe, I mean that I think I would be judged differently than if a man express the same kinds of things. And I guess yeah. not like, and I don't think it's really very appropriate ever to be like super angry in a workplace and like mm-hmm. be expressing like rage or sure, like sure. anger. Like, I don't think that that's really an appropriate place for it, but just to, to be able to say like, Hey, you guys are really like screwing up and it's making my life difficult and I'm real pissed about it and mm-hmm. you need to not, yeah. you know, like I, I would never feel comfortable at work expressing things that way and I find that yeah because of all of the types of judgment on like when women get angry like are they even allowed to have those feelings or if they do have them are they unreasonable or is it just her period or whatever you know Yeah. yeah yeah I don't know I think that there's definitely a double standard there oh yeah and I think that like Rage is such an interesting thing, too, because, like, the shame of feeling rage is sometimes can, like, enhance the rage itself. Yeah. Like, when you start to become angry or you feel angry and then you feel like you're being judged for being angry, like, it only enhances the anger. And it's hard to get out of that spiral, too. I think that, and because a lot of people, we don't have very good tools of dealing with. Mm-hmm. with rage or anger so I think that a lot of time it's hard for a partner or a friend to be able to step in and just be like I totally understand what's happening right now and like yeah. it's fine and like get it out instead it's like everybody's reaction is to like retreat and be like well, I don't sc- want any part of this well it's scary yeah. right because right. like you can try to be like I'm sorry that you're frustrated or what and then they could be like fuck you like you know and you don't want that you're just right. like Jesus I, I don't want to be yelled yeah, at yeah I don't want that um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that it's, yeah, it's so difficult to deal with, too, because it's, like, when the person's sort of, like, in a hot zone, basically, right? I, sometimes it's best just to let it out. But, yeah, like, part of the scary thing is, it's, like, even if it's not, like, you feel afraid for your, like, your physical safety or mm-hmm. whatever, I think that we are, like, very sensitive creatures, and it's, really difficult to be yelled at I don't like yelling at all it's just very yeah it's very I mean upsetting. sometimes I can't I love I love stand-up comedy it's one of my favorite things in the world mm. but there are times 
when I just can't even watch stand up because there's too much yelling. Mm-hmm. Like stand up, even good stand up, yeah. it's a lot of yelling. Yeah. And sometimes I just feel like I'm being barked at, yeah. and I'm like, I really can't be yelled at right now. Like, I don't. I the older I get, I'm more sensitive to yeah. it as well. I do not like yelling at all. Yeah. I yeah. It's so. Um, it can feel. It makes you feel so so small. And it makes you feel, for me, for me, it makes me feel small and it makes me feel, um, not, I don't feel like infantilized, but I I feel like a kid again. Like Mm -hmm. I feel like a little kid and Mm -hmm. like I feel helpless and I feel powerless and I feel like I'm supposed to feel really shitty. Yeah. And then I don't feel like empowered. And my constitution is not that to like strike back. Like, some people, like, if you get angry with them, they're, like, they'll step to and just be, like, no, you fucking don't. Like, I'm not that person. I think I'm more I, that way. I will, like, retreat inside and just be, like, I did something wrong. How do I make this stop? Mm-hmm. I think it depends on the circumstance. They're, like, I'm conflict-averse mostly. But if you push the right buttons with me, uh, that goes away. Yeah, (laughs) and I will absolutely just I mean because I have like a deep inner rage I just we call it the Rogers rage (laughs) Um, and it's there and I mean I I could talk to a therapist all day about why it's there but it's definitely there and it comes out a lot of the time I think we've talked about this before when I'm in my car because Mm -hmm. it's the safer place to be angry Mm -hmm. and also when you're screaming you're screaming to not at somebody yeah you are but like not really, because you're in yeah, the car alone. Right. Like, even the other day, I was driving my car, and I think I just screamed. Yeah. Like, for no out. reason. It wasn't even at a car. I was just like, I just screamed. And I was like, this has to come out. Like, I'm so mad about so many things right now. And yeah. it just bottles up, and sometimes yelling and screaming feels good. It's almost like a, having a Cathartic. deep cry. Yeah, to it's get it out. like getting something out of your body and out of your brain is really... I find it beneficial, but yeah, I also don't want to scream at someone or yeah. like yell in someone's face or whatever. That's yeah. not what it is. It's just. Well, I think anger and rage are two of those things that are like volcanic. Like, you know, if you think about it, like metaphorically, like you have, you need to blow off little bits of steam yeah. regularly mm-hmm. in order to not like explode you know, and then, and that's hard though, mm-hmm. because like, how do we do that? How do we like burn off anger and burn off rage? Especially like, like you're saying, like right now in a time where it is just infuriating well, all the time. Yeah. And it's, and you're so helpless, which out any kind of outlet, here's none. what I feel like I'm doing. I'm just shuffling my anger around and putting it in other places in really small micro ways. Right. Uh-huh. Like as there's, there's no big cathartic way to get it out so it just kind of like infiltrates certain things like definitely Mm -hmm. in my sleep and my dreams and then definitely when I'm journaling I'm journaling out a lot of anger Mm -hmm. um you know like Steph and I when we're fighting we're fighting more about like dumb shit because it's just like little pops of anger everywhere like even my anger at this fucking poor family who's ordering burgers in front of me I was like red seeing red angry at them yeah there's no reason for that, but it's just because I don't know where to put it all. Yeah. No, I get it. It's it's, And it has to go somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. And it's going to come out regardless of, like, and 
I mean, wiser to try to choose where right. it's going to go than to, because it's, it might come out randomly on a stranger or, which is the thing none of, none of us want to happen for ourselves, right. but we know it, it's an option. And that's true for like sadness too yeah. and anything you're, you're bottling. Well, I mean, and this is a scary thing too. It's a scary time because we see what happens in like quote unquote normal times mm-hmm. with people who have a tendency toward anger and these people like screaming about having to wear masks and throwing fits and shooting people over it like people who already have like like real rage and anger issues mm-hmm. like it's coming to like a boiling point yes and it's out there and it's very scary yeah and like i mean you know in COVID times, we haven't had school shootings, at, you know, to the degree that we were having them like every other week before. But you know, it's coming back. I know it's gonna it's gonna. Come I mean, there have been shootings in other capacities, though. I mean, yeah. they're still happening during exactly. COVID. Like they're still happening in public places and workspaces. I mean, yeah, people are still. You know, there's misdirected hostility like everywhere, all around us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and again, I mean, just going back to it, and I think that maybe maybe because collectively we're all ashamed of having anger and having rage, and and so we've never created tools. I mean, there are some out there, and like if if you're willing to go to therapy, like there are ways of working through it, as you know, I'm sure. But like, I just think collectively we don't really do that, and we don't talk about it, and especially in like the toxic masculinity rage sense, it's more like it had been kind of like lauded as a good thing for a while. Psychologically, the thing about anger and the thing about rage is that underneath it almost all of the time is despair Mm -hmm. and sadness. Mm -hmm. Like there's usually something there at the root of the anger and the rage that's sometimes like literally an unspeakable sadness. Mm -hmm. And so it's easier to like a lot of times, for example, depression in adolescence, mm-hmm. um, you often will be able to diagnose it because they're super angry mm-hmm. and they haven't been angry before. Mm-hmm. Um, and in children too, you know, and it's just sadness is something that's hard to express. And sometimes yeah. you don't even know what you're sad about, but mm-hmm. you know that you feel hurt, maybe that you feel betrayed. Mm-hmm. And I think that right now with like, God, even talking about it, my eyes are welling up. Um, that's how I feel about the presidential stuff yeah. that's going on right now. Like, I get so, so mad, mm-hmm. and I yell, and then I realize, like, I'm just so, so sad. sad. I feel like I'm losing my country. Yeah. I feel like I don't recognize, you know, I feel like I'm losing family members. Yeah. Like, And yeah. I'm angry, but underneath, I'm mm-hmm. really just heartbroken. Yeah, I mean, because it is, it's way easier to deal with hot emotions than it is with cold ones. Yes. Like, because cold is alone and scary and hot is, you aren't even really thinking, you're just acting. And there's the illusion of control Mm -hmm. that comes with anger. Mm -hmm. When you're angry and you're yelling and you're banging on things and you're just like, fuck everyone. Like, there's this illusion that, like, you're in control somehow. Mm-hmm. You feel in control. Anger mm-hmm. makes you do that, you know? Well, and it's also like a quickening of the heart and the your blood is going. And, you know, that's why, you know, they call it like boiling over. Like, and that sometimes feels better than the void of like, like a depressive state, you know? Yeah. Like even having your body react, it's, it's like, you're still feeling something, but right. you're, it, it's a more, 
on a scale or if you can compare the two, like maybe it's a more pleasant feeling or easier or shit, maybe even more familiar. I mean, I would say for me, it's the familiarity. Like Mm I, I am wonderful at, you know, um, avoidance of like feeling things. Like I've noticed as I've gotten older, like, I'm like, wow, like I'm really good at just kind of not doing that. And then when I finally do feel something and like, in a major way, when I do feel very sad or when I do lean into it, I realize like there's so much. So I've been trying to have moments where I have those volcanic little steam let offs. Like mm-hmm. today, for example, with Jamie, we had breakfast and a lot is going on right now. And we were driving and talking about groceries and it just felt really good because I was like, I'm getting really stressed mm-hmm. and I'm stressed about this, this, and this, like, these are things I'm concerned about. And like, I don't want these to be problems for us this week, mm-hmm. but I already foresee that I'm very stressed about these things. Yeah. And it was like, I had, I have to train myself to do that though, yeah. because I will like carry it around silently. And then later in the week be like, I'm stressed and this happened. And you know what? I knew on Sunday that I was going to be stressed. And it's like, yeah. but no one can read my fucking mind. Yeah. Like I have to tell people. Yeah. I mean, I think that that is helpful very helpful. I, I kind of, it's weird. I did the same thing. Like this morning I got up and, um, I just, I went to my paint by numbers immediately. Cause my whole thing is like when I'm feeling overwhelmed, I, I need just like a very Zen activity. And so the second I woke up, I don't know why I just like immediately started painting and <laughs> Stephanie was like, okay. And I was like, I'm just really stressed out. I'm doing this because I'm stressed out. Yeah. And she was like, what are you stressed out about? And I was like, I don't know. I just woke up very stressed out and I just need to like calm focus before I address anything else in my life. Yeah. Like, and she was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I I think I'm stressed too. Like I'm, I'm, I feel like we're all super fucking stressed right now. Yeah. And I am just, yeah, I, I feel like I have to, I have to make an ally of people around me and not and I I my tendency is to want to self-isolate and like I can't I I need to try not to do that when I'm feeling stressed because I feel like well everybody's stressed like no one wants to hear about like how stressed you are you know what I mean and but I think like well yeah I don't have to go to a cocktail party and engage with each person and be like I'm by by the way I'm very stressed out out. do you want to hear about it because I mean those I have those people in my life that like it's almost funny to me. I get amused asking them how their day was because I know, like, every single time they're going to be like, it was, you know, the most stressful day. Yeah. And I'm just like, it always is. Time. Yeah, I always is. And I don't want to be that person, but I'm also like, it's different when it's your roommate or your partner or your friend or your sibling or whoever it is in your life that, you know, like, maybe you feel like you're sparing them by not burning off some steam and telling them, how you're feeling, but if they love you and they care about you mm-hmm. genuinely, then they probably want to know. How, yeah. They'd rather know than be left in the dark. You're probably not sparing them. You know, yeah. they, they probably want to know. Yeah, I'm having this trouble right now because I'm typically this way, but it's more extreme these days where I need to f- know if what I'm feeling is what I'm actually feeling and the reasons behind it. Mm-hmm. So I will sit with something like it's not, I'm not avoiding the feelings. Mm-hmm. I'm working through them mm-hmm. and it takes me a long 
time to do that. And it's taking even longer these days because of all the other just like general rage and anger that's there Mm -hmm. um, because of what's happening to our country and frankly to the world. Um, And so there's that layer to work through constantly also. And then there's the other layer where I, I always do this where I'm just like, what is going on? Like check in Lily, what's happening and why and like before you react to something, just figure out what you actually feel. And I think that sometimes that's hard because then I'll just kind of work it out on my own and then it will never come up again. I'll just pick up about okay. Yeah. I solved that. Yeah. <laughs> but then maybe sometimes it didn't because then sometimes anger will bubble out later and I don't know. Like, sometimes I don't even know why. And, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, and especially, like, what you were saying in the beginning, where when you're stressed, like, things will just heighten that you Mm -hmm. didn't know were even kind of lying dormant. Yeah. Well, it's like you're... And a lot, like, a lot is happening right now, I think, for a lot of people because we had coping mechanisms built in place that we didn't even realize were coping mechanisms, whether it was Mm -hmm. like really enjoying your drive home. Maybe, you know, if somebody would have asked you, do you like your drive home? You're like, I mean, it's a drive home, but you might not have known that how much listening to the podcast did for you Mm -hmm. or how much actually sitting in the traffic at that light right before your house, like how much like stress you let go knowing I'm just a couple blocks away. Yeah. Like those things, you know, or maybe it was, shopping or just going to your hashtag I'm talking about myself uh, <laughs> like home goods and TJ Maxx and even just looking at things like yeah. I, I very often would not buy but I just enjoyed the I like I liked going in and like mm-hmm. touching things and looking at things mm-hmm. very strange but it was super soothing for me yeah. and like a lot of times it was like I like those kind of chaotic stores because like it's kind of, especially home goods I'm like it's very like the chaos of my mind mm-hmm. and I like like looking through all of the blankets Hmm. and then like if I find a good one it's like oh that's cute and maybe I'll put it in the basket carry it around maybe I'll get it maybe I won't but Hmm. I I didn't realize how soothing that was Hmm. for me like Mm -hmm. I didn't realize like how I liked hunting you know like for goods yeah yeah I and that's like not an option you know and like what kind of stress were you burning off in ways that you didn't even realize Mm -hmm. you were burning it off that's not available to you so maybe there's like new levels of stress that you had been like mitigating in other ways and now it's like right in your face and you're like fuck why am I so stressed out and it's like probably because a lot of your coping mechanisms you didn't even know were there or missing yeah absolutely I mean I think that because I I was thinking about it the other day and I was like well not really that much has changed because, you know, during the week I would just go home after work and cook dinner and watch some TV and hang out and do whatever. I'm like, that's essentially what I'm still doing. But then you think about all those like little things that were breaks from that where mm-hmm. you would like schedule, like we're going to go to a movie or you know, go on vacation <laughs> or, you know, just even going out to a restaurant and it not being this because you know yesterday when we we went to target and whatever you know it was it's not the same right it's also stressful Mm -hmm. and like wearing a mask the whole time is stressful and being like too close to people and passing them and being like okay are they wearing their mask like and it was also strange because 
uh, like halfway through our Target trip, I was like, what? I didn't even hear it at first, but like every maybe 10 minutes or so, there was this like super like bright, cheery voice that came on that was like, regulation, you have to wear masks. And if oh, you yeah. don't want to wear a mask, then we invite you to use our contactless shopping online and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, oh God. But it was like overly cheery. It almost yeah. felt like a weird dystopian. Women and children first for the lifeboats yes, that are. <laughs> exactly. It felt like like dystopian sci-fi yeah, kind of voice. Totally. It was like so bright and poppy so and cheery. Overly like and it was basically and but like the the subtext there is that like if you don't wear a mask, get the fuck out of our store. Yeah, but instead it was like, like we invite you to shop online. And I was just like, oh my God, this is so bizarre. And it's like those posters that it's too bad they got as popular as they did because I always found them eerily, like, delightful, like, keep calm and carry on. Oh, the old British classic. Because there's nothing more alarming than someone yeah. being like, just keep calm and carry on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, keep just, going. Keep, just keep going, just I keep going. I feel like that's what we're doing through all of this. Yeah, like, just keep calm and so carry on. so many moments of, like, yeah, like, anger and you want to, like, boil over, but it is that whole thing. Like, I can't because there's... You can't. Because you can't change anything. No. And, there, and the anger is not going to make a difference, except you might feel bad later for yeah. having, like, caused, like, somebody Distress. to be afraid or stressing yeah. other people out or, you know... I, <laughs> I have a coworker and we Zoom sometimes and we just yell at each other and it's not... We're not yelling at each other. We're yelling about the rest of our work. Yeah. To each other. Yeah. Because we're both very angry people. And it's very helpful. But then sometimes afterwards, I've been kind of feeling like, I don't know. This might be draining me more than it's helping me. Yeah. Because it doesn't change anything. Yeah. And so, like, screaming about it and being super angry, like, doesn't help. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes it's sometimes it's helpful and sometimes it's not. And I think that, like, being able to find a balance there is very, very tricky. It's hard, too, like, especially, like, with anger, like, or, you know, bitch sessions about work. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, when you go to happy hour and all you do is sit around and, like, complain about, like, you know, sometimes it's cathartic and you're like, I know, I can't stand that either. And it's good not to feel alone. Yes, like the, the camaraderie. Right. But then there's also, like, the times like where and I think sometimes if I think maybe what you're hitting on because I had this with a couple of people when I was working like in a in an environment with other people like um that where I had colleagues um I had the people that like we would just complain together mm-hmm. and I think we both got tired of it yeah I think we both knew that like we had more than that to offer each other right. but it felt so good in the beginning because we were both like fuck yeah I feel the same way you're not alone yeah. yeah, so I know what you mean. Yeah, and that's a hard... sometimes you gotta just like get out of that zone. But I mean, when you're really angry, it's it's difficult because it's it's kind of unsolvable. It's an unsolvable emotion sometimes. Where I don't know, like it's it's good to work through and like let go. But then sometimes redirection is like yeah. the most helpful thing in the world. Yeah, like I so. When I, in the past, have uh, had arguments with Jamie, like, when he gets angry, I'm totally, like, telling tales out of school about my marriage. Um, He's, like, in the room, too. (laughs) Um, Close your ears, Jamie. Close your ears, Jamie. Don't listen to this episode. Never hear it. Um, 
like sometimes if we have fights and he gets angry like he goes for a walk yeah and like it's been super super helpful for him and it's been really helpful for our communication because he realizes nothing is going to come out of him and at first it used to piss me off because I'm like you're just abandoning the argument Mm -hmm. but then I would see that he would come back he was calmer Mm -hmm. and then again underneath the anger is usually some kind of despair and then he'd just be like this is what it is. This is what it is. Yeah. And it's funny because Jamie and I are so similar and like I I need to do that also. I need to get out of a situation when mm-hmm. I'm feeling like because I will rage boil and it won't stop. Like I will just it it'll just be a fucking flood at you. Yeah. And what I need more than anything is to reach that level of like, okay, what am I doing? And like don't cross a, like I don't want to cross a line, you know, right. of like being really hurtful. Yeah. And so like usually, yeah, I'll leave. Sometimes I just go into the bedroom and shut the door, and it's enough. Like maybe thirty seconds is enough to like fucking shut that down. Yeah. Or like a lot of the times, like I would go outside and just smoke a cigarette. Yeah. And be like, just take a fucking moment. Yeah. And think about what's actually happening. He he goes for the walk. The walk seems to be helpful. Um. I, I don't, I don't have to, the anger is not so much like my thing, but sometimes if I'm just like really emotionally overwhelmed, like Mm -hmm. I'm flooded Mm -hmm. and I don't know what I'm feeling, sometimes it's super helpful for me to like, I'll wash my face or like I'll do something like that. Like I have to do like a task. Like a bodily soothing kind of Bodily soothing. And I think that's why I'm like a chronic tidier. Mm -hmm. I think that's why like I'm kind of like. You know, and my house is by no means, like, Martha Stewart level clean or organized. But, like, I do tend to, like, start organizing or doing the dishes or start mm-hmm. a project mm-hmm. <laughs> when I'm anxious or stressed or nervous. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that's one way that I hit reset. Yeah. Um, for him, it's going for a walk. But it's it's that, um, not distract uh, distracting, but kind of, like, taking a detour yeah. from that, like, because it's the crazy thing about anger is it's like the spin cycle it'll just go and go and go and go yeah and it's like you know it gets it's like fueled by its own existence in a way like and it can just so it's like you almost have to and for some people like you know they really like enjoy breathing exercises or counting to 10 I I can't even you know that's not for me but but I know that if there's something no breathing no there's something (laughs) that like fills me with like I don't know, like a sense of like, um, if I can feel restored in some way, Mm -hmm. washing my face, Mm -hmm. getting fresh air, going for a walk. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because it's one of those things that when it's manifesting, I mean, anger or rage, you want to hit reset and it's one of the only kind of emotions where I, I think like it's necessary to, to do that. But at the same time, I don't know, there's something positive there that I would like to to uncover or unpack about, like, not just calming it all the time or not letting it no, go it, or, like, ignoring it. It's a, it's a valuable emotion. Yeah, and, like, trying to find a way to face it and sit with it without extinguishing it. Yes. Fully. Well, 
to transform it. Yeah, to, I guess, yeah. To yeah. transform it, to yeah. take it from whatever state it's in, because in anger, it doesn't allow you much... It's not buoyant. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's not a lot that can be done with it. Yeah. But, like, if if you can channel it into something else, you know, mm-hmm. like, some of the best art, some of the best music, like, yeah. I mean, comes out of, I just think about... Music for sure. So much great, you know, I mean, just... Yeah, I mean, and so if you can find the answer, like, what is it I'm angry about? Mm-hmm. And then what am I going to do about it? Yeah, what do I have to say about what it? What do I have to say is this like on a larger scale, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, uh, it's, it's interesting because that actually does feel really good to create from anger. Sometimes it does feel amazing. And I've done that in the past and it's, it is it's actually really very helpful. Um, because then you get to be able to say like, this isn't something that I have to ignore yeah but I and I have to do something with it right and so something positive is a great result I mean if you can but it does kind of feel weird sometimes like like for instance a lot of my stuff is just writing but it's it's weird to like go to like a quiet zone with anger and like create from something that is such a volatile loud feeling to do something like quiet with it yeah do you feel like it doesn't quash it it's I guess it depends I mean I think that I don't know I think it might just do something different with it right where like if you can make something that you feel like proud of and impressed by and then be like that came from a place of like anger and hurt and rage Mm -hmm. that's an interesting I don't know. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I wish that I, I wish I was a musician because man, that would be amazing. I used to say, like, I used to really want to be a drummer, even though I have no sense of rhythm. Um, (laughs) And my main reason why I wanted to be a drummer is because I was like, it just looks like you can get a lot of rage out. I would have been like an angry drummer too. Like just fully going for it. I just picture like the the Lenny Kravitz drummer. I don't know her name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She always just looks like she's really working through some shit. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. That would be amazing. So, yeah, maybe I'll learn to play the drums. Yeah. (laughs) It's not a bad idea. (laughs) Oh, my God. My neighbors would be like, oh, God. (laughs) We we just get you the conga or bongo or whatever it's called. Oh, my God. Bongo. No, see? Too calm. That's what I mean. Yeah. Imagine trying to get rage out on a bongo. (laughs) (laughs) Anger. Sometimes, though, look at people who are, like, super zen and you know, meditate a lot and you're like, I think there might just be a rage monster in there. Yeah. I always say the same quote and somebody told it to me years ago and it might not even be true, but, um, John Lennon apparently used to say he goes around preaching peace so much because he's underneath wants to punch everyone in the face. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> it sounded so true. I'm like, yeah, it has to be true. John Lennon. Um, <laughs> this was a good one. Yeah. I feel like I really got some anger out. Did you get no? <laughs> Um, yeah. So if you have ideas, like what do you do with your anger? What, how do you, how do you deal with it or not deal with it? Um, what are your thoughts on anger? Um, you can let us know on the socials. We are at shame pod. You can email us shame pod at gmail.com. 
Um, we'd love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. You can send us an angry email. Yeah, all caps. All caps. Just, Just let shout, it out. shout, if shout. If you need something that you need to yell about and really get it out, we will be that vessel for you. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're here. Just make sure it's an email. All caps. <laughs> yeah. No voicemails. No, no shouting. Oh, yeah, no shouting. No shouting. Just caps. <laughs> um we uh, will be back yeah. next week. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, if you're listening for the first time, thanks for joining us. If you're a return listener, thank you. Yes. And we will see, see you next, next Tuesday. Tuesday. Bye. Bye.